Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode. This year, I really did not do New Year's resolutions, but I always have a few themes that I'm thinking about, especially at the beginning of the year. And... One of those themes for me has been thinking about and prioritizing decluttering and simplifying my life kind of across all domains. And I think the first thing that comes to mind when I think about clutter or, you know, decluttering is physical space, which of course is part of it and we'll be getting into that. But honestly, it extends for me into so much more than just space and sort of the external factors. The best way I can describe, you know, clutter and the impact that that has on my being is just a constant feeling of overwhelm with all of the things sort of demanding my attention. So my closet, my email inbox, social media, notifications, skincare routine, keeping track of appointments, passwords, fashion trends, keeping up with Netflix series, you know, you get the idea. And this overwhelm, I feel, is something that's been kind of running in the background for some time now. And without actually withdrawing a bit from the chaos, I didn't really notice the impact that this cycle was having on me. More recently, though, and I think especially with a baby on the way and wanting to create space for that new life chapter, I've just kind of been aware of how being in sensory overload mode and kind of constantly feeling like I'm trying to keep up with something I can't even really identify has impacted my overall well-being. So like I said, it's not just physical space, it's also mental space and how clutter and all these things demanding our attention can impact that. And this kind of came to a peak late last year for me. I was just starting to feel so scattered and this undertone of urgency and overwhelm was sort of bleeding into everything. So I decided I wanted to intentionally withdraw a little bit and create some mental space from all of these things demanding my attention and energy and time. And because I could easily pinpoint that, you know, social media was a big part of this, that's kind of where I started. And because it's my job, I figured why not actually just take a sort of vacation like any other 
job at the end of the year around the Christmas holidays. So I deleted those apps from my phone. And during that time, I also just challenged myself not to feel the need to fill every single second with something productive or with consuming something. And what I noticed immediately was the first few days were really hard, harder than I expected. I have mentioned before on here that I've quit nicotine several times, unfortunately, in the past. And sorry, I should clarify. It's not unfortunate that I've quit nicotine. It's unfortunate that I've had to do it several times. Anyways, that's really not the point here. What I'm saying is that, honestly, in those first few days, the draw to go back on those apps on social media felt similar. Like it was this feeling of agitation and just like boredom of here's this thing that consumes a lot of my energy and time and now I don't have that and, you know, kind of just feeling agitated. But once that wore off, I could start to feel the benefits of having a clearer mental headspace and I felt great. I noticed a lot more clarity. I had time to actually be with my own thoughts and reflect a little bit. You know, I had more time to read and even just do nothing, which is something I really am not comfortable with sometimes, but I think is sort of important. And so the result of even just a short break from social media made me want to look at what other areas I could simplify and declutter and that's what we'll be discussing in this episode. Now what I would say about myself as it relates to simplicity is that I kind of gravitate towards the minimalism side of the spectrum and in the past I was a little bit more extreme with it. I didn't see the point in things that I perceive to be like extra effort or overcomplicating things. Like for me, that would be interior design or even being thoughtful about my style or food. My physical space, for example, in the past when I was living alone, very rarely had any artwork and, you know, I didn't invest much time into making a space my own. It's funny, there's this scene This made me think of this when I was writing out this script. There's this scene in Brooklyn Nine-Nine where the chief says that if he could eat something like a beige cube every day that met all of his nutritional needs and not need to worry about meals, he would. And for a while there, that was literally me. I think when we were watching that episode, Jamie looked at me and immediately was like, yeah, that sounds like you. Over time, though, I've definitely eased up a bit and been able to see the value in things like curating your physical space or trying new recipes or how being intentional and thoughtful about my style can be a source of self-expression and enhance my confidence. But I think the extreme minimalism was a response to that overwhelm I've always felt with all of these things that draw our attention. Finding a middle ground and sort of a balance with some of these areas has allowed me to connect with these opportunities for self-expression in a way that 
enhances my life rather than adding to that feeling of overwhelm. So where I now reside on the minimalism to maximalism spectrum is somewhere in the middle. So I can appreciate the opportunity for new experiences, experimentation, self-expression, but I want the pursuit of filling my space, whether it's digital, mental, physical, to be intentional. So everything is there for a reason. Things serve a purpose and a purpose that I can connect with. Also, reducing choice overwhelm, so not having so much in my space that choosing, let's say, an outfit, for example, becomes a source of overwhelm. And allowing my energy to be consumed by the things that are actually important to me and bring me joy or a sense of well-being. And in the same way, not allowing things to take up significant space in my life that I don't connect with, enjoy, or that don't enhance my life in some way. Or I guess put slightly differently, at least not allowing things that consistently drain me or detract from my life in some way to take up such significant space in my life. So that doesn't just go for again, like physical objects, it could also be people. And, you know, as we'll get into a bit more, our digital space. So I've compiled what I feel is a pretty comprehensive guide to the things that have helped me to systematically declutter and simplify my life in a way that, again, has freed up a lot of energy, attention, and space. And I want to share those things with you. So we're going to be looking at ways to simplify a few different categories. Health, finances, digital space, organization, consumption of material things, physical space, skincare, beauty, hair care, and the closet. Because that is a lot of ground to cover, we're going to break this into two parts. So today we'll be covering the first four, and then in part two, we'll cover the next four. And like anything, I've had a lot more success honing in on one thing at a time. So I'll also leave timestamps on this episode in case you want to focus on something specific to start. And how I'm going to present the information in this guide is in each category, I'll briefly speak to what I believe is the source of clutter or overwhelm, and then share some solutions that have helped to manage that symptom and systems that have helped me to simplify. So without further ado, let's get into the guide. The category I want to start off with for this guide is health. And the reason being that this whole realm of food, exercise, and you know, attending to your overall health and well-being, that's been a huge source of overwhelm for me in the past. And the root of this one, I'd say, is information overload and also choice overwhelm. I feel like there's always new information coming out about the best way to eat. So whether that's plant-based, keto, intermittent fasting, low-carb, to exercise, so low impact, high impact, Pilates, spin class, weightlifting, to support your mental health, 
options like talk therapy, hypnotherapy, meditation, breathwork, and different supplements to take, magnesium, iron, ashwagandha, and then just different things to try as it relates to our health and well-being. So things like cold water immersion and dry brushing, trying to keep up in this realm and knowing how to make the right decisions for my health has been something that I've identified takes up significant time and energy in a way that for me personally is overwhelming and just not enjoyable. I find that everything changes so fast. Recommendations seem to pivot overnight. You know, what was healthy two days ago now causes cancer or the latest superfood actually contains heavy metals and it's just quite frankly a lot to take in and to try to be discerning knowing who to listen to who to trust and you know even being pregnant that's a whole different beast that I won't even get into but basically what I just described in terms of what you're supposed to be doing and all the right things that you should be consuming etc amplified this experience of information overload and choice overwhelm certainly impacted me well before becoming pregnant but I feel like pregnancy has kind of highlighted how important it is for me to find ways to simplify this whole area of my life and the reason for that is I could feel the impact on my you know nervous system of taking in too much information and becoming very easily overwhelmed and feeling like I was never doing the right things and because of course throughout pregnancy one of the goals is to reduce stress as much as possible I realized okay I have to kind of come up with a system here so I'll share with you now that system for simplifying this area of my life and of course some of the things that I'm going to share are a little bit specific to being pregnant right now but this will be a system that I continue to implement even after and you don't necessarily need to relate to my exact experience in order to perhaps derive some ideas from my system. So first of all, given that I said information is one of the biggest sources of actually overwhelm, my first step was to limit information intake. So This is probably the first time that I've intentionally done that is to kind of close off some of the information sources on food, exercise, and health. I think I would see a lot of stuff on social media about the best routines and the best diet and kind of tuning out of that conversation and just honing in on a few trusted, reliable sources. So for example, any pregnancy-related recommendations my primary source of information would be my midwife and any questions or other information I was curious about you know say that I'd see on social media I'd filter through her so that's different from how I would operate in the past which was perhaps I would see something on social media and I'd think okay I need to be doing this too you know I'm never doing enough and there's so much information that that always just felt like a never-ending task. I took the same sort of approach with fitness, where first of all, more and more limiting outside information or at least trying to find specific reliable sources 
it allows me to actually listen to my own body. So being pregnant especially and going to the gym, I knew that I needed to be a little bit more attuned to my body and go with what felt good. Interestingly, my midwife really encouraged me to just listen to my body and that was probably the first time that I was like, oh, okay, yeah, I can trust that I'll know when I'm pushing it too much or when I'm feeling like I can challenge myself a little bit versus listening to, you know, standard recommendations that I see online about what you are and aren't supposed to do as it relates to exercise when you're pregnant. What my approach to fitness would look like in the past would just be to try a bunch of different things and constantly rotate my routine. And I really felt a need for simplicity for whatever reason in this chapter. I think because I really wanted to make use of the time that I would go to the gym or that I would exercise and have it be a routine that actually supported my well-being versus something that felt overwhelming and disorganized. So I trusted a few sources that I was able to find some information on building a routine and I essentially built a routine that I've been using for months now that I could stick to and that I enjoyed and that felt good in my body. Of course I can adjust it as needed but it gives me a template to follow and that template for me which of course is going to be different for every person and depending on the phase of life like I said I'm currently pregnant so this is what it looks like now. I try to do 30 minutes of walking every day, whether that's outside or on the treadmill. And then if I can, I try to get to the gym three times a week. And on those days, one of them is a push arm day. So doing exercises where I'm pushing weight away from my body. And then I do one day of pull arm exercises and then I do one day of leg exercises. Something that's helped me in the food department, so diet and nutrition and simplifying that area is of course listening to specific recommendations in this chapter of life from my midwife. But aside from that, something I've found to be really helpful has been to use this app. It's called Chronometer and you can punch in, you know, what it is that you're eating on a daily basis and just understand the nutritional breakdown. And the reason I wanted to do this was because I had this idea that I think I got from taking in so much information about food and diet that I wasn't eating the right things, but without understanding the nutritional breakdown of what I was eating, I couldn't really identify for sure whether I was or whether I wasn't. So again, I'm just confused and trying to make decisions from that place. Of course, this guide is about simplicity. So I don't by any means track what I'm eating every single day, but I more so use the app to come up with meal ideas that I can confirm meet my nutritional needs. So I have the right breakdown of protein and carbs and fat and then I just have those options to choose between and I don't need to kind of reinvent the wheel every single day. I can still play around with different meals but at least I have kind of a set number of meals that I know I can go for if I want to make sure that I'm getting all my targets. This for me also simplifies shopping and I found reduces waste because I'm getting things that I know I like that are going to be incorporated into a meal somehow and that meet my needs nutritionally. And I have no shame in buying things that again simplify the process of cooking and preparing meals because I know that if there's less of a barrier or fewer steps to preparing something, 
I'm more likely to do it and I feel better about it. So for example, I'll get a carton of just egg whites that I can just pour into a pan and not need to worry about cracking the eggs. I know that sounds silly, but even that level of simplicity for me has made a big difference or even something like protein powder. So it's just a quick way to add protein to a meal. If I were to sort of summarize my simplification system for health, it's to find sources you can trust, maybe even consult with experts if you're able to, and then tune out as much of the additional noise once you've got the information you need. So whether that's a meal plan to follow or an exercise routine, for example, And it doesn't mean permanently shutting out everything else, but I find it to be especially helpful when you're just trying to establish your own routines and find what works for you. Okay, let's move on to the next category in this guide, which is finances. Now, I'd say that overwhelm and clutter in this category comes from, again, information overload you know, knowing where to invest, how to invest, the best credit cards, how to file taxes. And this for me has actually triggered. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what big wireless does. They charge you a lot. We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit betterhelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Another symptom, which I would say exacerbates the overwhelm I feel in the realm of finances, which is avoidance. On an emotional level, this has been a big source of anxiety for me, just not feeling in control or like I have the tools 
or information or systems to make informed decisions and make sure that things are running smoothly. So let's talk about a simplification system that has helped me. Now, I remember reading this book a number of years ago. It was called I Will Teach You to Be Rich, and it basically validated this experience I was having with money, but also gave some tangible solutions that helped me to gain some sense of control and simplicity in this realm. Again, so I could focus on things more important to me than, you know, the chaotic state of my finances. The main thing for me here was to basically systematize everything that I possibly could in my finances, especially activities that I was doing on a semi-regular basis. So things like invoicing and paying bills. And one thing that I know sounds simple but has actually made such a difference was to first identify all of my recurring bills So starting with the big ones like phone, Wi-Fi, mortgage, credit card, gas, hydro, and then to set up automated payments for all of those things. It can take a bit of time to set up, but in my case, not as much time as I expected it to. And let me just say that it pays off so much by saving you time and energy in the future. And, you know, you have to wonder what that time can be freed up for because, They're repetitive tasks that aren't really adding any value. And when there's an option for it to be systematized, my kind of philosophy now is I'm going to take the time to do that once so that I don't have to continue using my time and energy to do that into the future. It also means that I don't have to take up mental space and rely on my memory to basically keep track of and pay those bills every single month. And, you know, going back to the avoidance piece, Something else that would really take up a lot of mental space was worrying about all of the subscriptions I was perhaps unknowingly paying for. And I would say that my former approach would be to avoid even looking and just kind of hope for the best. But there would be an underlying anxiety and again, sometimes a lot of unnecessary spending going towards these subscriptions that would just be happening without my knowledge and that would contribute to that feeling of not feeling in control so to simplify this I just sat down and looked at my monthly credit card statements and canceled any subscriptions I wasn't regularly using it actually surprised me to see how many I had so random fitness subscriptions streaming platforms audible pro memberships to apps I wasn't even using And it felt really, really good to declutter and to make it even easier. I know that there are apps for this. The only one that comes to mind that I've heard frequently is called Rocket Money. Haven't used it myself, but I've seen that one come up a lot if you're wanting like a quick streamlined way of doing this. Another thing that's helped, which I admittedly did not do for the first couple years of being self-employed, is actually simplifying the process of record keeping for my taxes especially, like I said, as a self-employed person. What I would have done in the past is actually not track anything and then go back when it comes time to file taxes and spend hours getting everything up to date, going through all my invoices, bills, and transactions. And one change I made last year that has been such a godsend 
is to finally set up QuickBooks and sit down for a couple of hours, link all of my accounts, create some filters for recurring business-related bills or income streams so that they'd get categorized automatically and then set up a system to go through things on a monthly basis. And everything that I've mentioned so far as it relates to finances has not only freed up mental space by systematizing and automating things I'd otherwise be doing on a monthly basis, but by creating awareness and feeling in control of my finances, I also noticed a significant drop in the amount of mental energy and space that would have been going to feeling you know, anxious about and ruminating on finances. The last thing I'd say, similar to what I said for health, is not being afraid to outsource, if you can, to people who live and breathe this stuff. I think this can help with information overload because you have someone who already kind of understands the ins and outs and you can kind of rely on them to help and support or even manage certain aspects of your finances, whether that's investing, which is an area I have yet to delve into, or managing personal finances and bills or taxes, for example. So the goal here with my simplification system is to be informed to the extent that I need to be to make decisions and be aware of my incomings and outgoings. But beyond that, I think outsourcing, automating, or even just consulting experts can be really beneficial. Okay, next we have the digital space. And I feel like I don't even need to get into much of the specifics on the source of overwhelm for this one. I feel like we're all probably pretty familiar with the space that the digital world consumes in our attention and mental headspace, but I'll speak to specifically how this manifests for me. And by the way, obviously I'm not here to demonize social media or phone use or digital media consumption as a whole. I think given my career, that would be hypocritical. And it's also not something that I can foresee even outside of my job ever permanently eliminating from my life because I do believe there are so many positives. But as with anything, the way that we engage with something and the intent behind it can, of course, influence our overall experience. And what I'll say is that often my relationship to the digital world has been a huge source of overwhelm mental clutter and distraction rather than something that necessarily enhances my life. When I considered why that is and what that comes down to, for me, I'd say it's a couple of things. Number one, the amount of digital media I would take in on a daily basis and the mental and energetic space that that would consume. Number two, the mental thought patterns that would emerge from my specific way of consuming digital media. So comparison, jealousy, a desire to overconsume material objects. And then number three, my way of relating to social media at times has invoked a constant sense of urgency and need to be hyperproductive as a result of, I would say, predominantly consuming fast-paced 
short-form media. So the question that we're seeking to answer here becomes, what is the simplification system that I can use and lean into to offset the symptoms I just mentioned so that I can actually continue to mindfully consume digital media in a way that enhances rather than detracts and overwhelms. So number one, and this is specific to social media, is doing a digital cleanse. So getting in the habit of regularly performing a digital cleanse or purge, just like any other space, keeping it clean and organized. And I do this in several ways. I'd say on a quarterly basis, I go through and unfollow social media accounts that no longer interest me, that I don't align to, or even those that invoke those unpleasant feelings I mentioned. So things like comparison, jealousy, urgency, the need to overconsume, and just removing those people that I'm not really interested in interacting with every time I open a social media app. And recognizing that it's my space to curate, and just like any other space, I want it to be one that enhances my life in some way, whether that's getting ideas, being inspired, or being able to relate to someone. I also admittedly go crazy with the mute button or the mute feature specifically on Instagram. If Maybe it's someone I feel uncomfortable unfollowing for whatever reason, or I just don't want to see as much of their content. I'm really not afraid to mute accounts either. Another component to the digital cleanse is clearing out my phone. So ways that I do that is to delete apps that I no longer use, I also love to organize things on my iPhone into folders so my home screen is simple, clean, and organized. And I've actually used apps before to clear out my phone of old screenshots, duplicate images, old contacts, and notes. I believe the exact one that I've used is called Cleaner Kit, but there are so many that you can use for this. And then the last area for a digital cleanse is my email. So something that I like to do is mass unsubscribe from newsletters in my email inbox. I've done this before through an app called Unroll Me, but I heard there were some privacy issues with that and I couldn't get it to work when I recently tried. So I found an alternative, it's called Leave Me Alone. And it was something like $7 for seven days. But to me, it's so easy to just unsubscribe from everything all at once using an app like this that honestly, it's worth it. And then aside from those specific things that I do to cleanse my digital space, I also like to have intentional time away. So I've been able to identify that I have a social media addiction and... I think it's kind of hard not to if you're regularly using these apps because of the way that they're designed to pull us in. And therefore, I think it's important for at least me to create some boundaries for myself to step back and feel in control of that, you know, relationship. I never want to slip into that space where social media use becomes predominantly unconscious and I'm scrolling hours away on my phone just for the sake of scrolling. 
I'm not totally strict with myself, but I like to have more of a relationship with social media where I'm going on it for a reason, maybe to find information about something, to connect with someone, or to be entertained, but for shorter periods of time. Something that really helps to keep things in check for me here is to have intentional time away. I try to make that Saturday and Sunday since it's my job, kind of treating it like one and actually taking time to turn off these apps. And now we have our last section in this part of the guide. And some of the things I'm going to share in this section also kind of pertain to the digital space, but they're more general ideas related to overall organization, whether that's in your personal life with things like appointments or household tasks or things related to your job. And what I'd say is most overwhelming to me when it comes to organization is the mental space it consumes to try to keep track of so much information about things like appointments or tasks that I need to get done and essentially relying on my brain to keep track of all that. A few years ago, I was working as an operations manager and I was introduced to this idea called the second brain, which is basically based on the premise that the brain is designed to produce ideas rather than store them. I think I speak for many of us when I say that relying on memory alone to store important information is a recipe for not only overwhelm but forgetting a lot and potentially missing things. And again, it all comes back to this premise that simplifying, decluttering, and freeing up our minds of this task allows us to focus on what's important and what brings us energy and to also lean into the systems and tools that exist to take on these tasks of having to remember and organize information. So what I took away from this second brain concept is that it was important for me to create a digital replica and system for anything that falls into the storage category, information that needs to be stored in my brain rather than, you know, producing ideas. So it really doesn't have to be fancy. And there is an actual methodology you can follow to kind of establish an organized system for yourself. But for me, it really comes down to a few things. I want to be able to rely on a digital system or storage system to keep track of things like passwords, appointments, tasks, and any interesting information that I want to save for later. So here is my little system. For passwords, one of my absolute favorite inventions of all time are password managers. So they're, you know, secure apps where you can store all of your passwords in one place. The one I use is called 1Password, but I've also heard LastPass is good too. For appointments and tasks, I put literally every single thing that has a time and date associated with it, whether that's a scheduled friend hangout, an appointment, or something I need to get done for work into Google Calendar. If it involves another person, so let's say Jamie, I'll send that person an invite so they have the same information as well. If it requires me to be somewhere at a specific time, I'll also always set an alarm in my phone at least 30 minutes before I need to be there. And then for anything else, especially things that involve storing ideas or tracking projects I'm working on, 
that all goes into Notion. Even for the podcast, I have my process flow in Notion. So I use a project management board format where I can track where each episode is at in the process, whether that's in the writing phase, editing phase, or ready to be scheduled. And then You know, I have all of my notes for each episode right there in the app as well. That's not the only way I use Notion. I use it to store all sorts of different information and ideas that I want to come back to or things that I want to keep track of, even things like recipes. And I will just say one thing I'm conscious of when it comes to setting up this system is not getting too fixated or fancy with the apps themselves. For me, the apps are there to serve a purpose and I don't like fiddling too much or having too many apps that serve the exact same purpose to keep track of. So for example, once I found that I liked Notion, I wasn't then exploring, you know, Asana or Trello or alternatives to what was already kind of being done in the app that I was using and that I was liking it was meeting all my needs so that also is a source of overwhelm is all of the opportunities to store this kind of information and for me it's been about finding the one that I liked and kind of just sticking with it so my friends that brings us to the end of part one as I said next week we'll dive into our final four categories so we'll do consumption of material things physical space the closet and skincare beauty hair care routines Now, I know this was a lot of information and I'd like to provide it hopefully in written format because I think that will be a little bit easier to go through. So I'm going to try to have a Substack post up by the time this episode goes live. So check for a link in the show notes for that. Otherwise, feel free to leave your thoughts or feedback as always. And thank you for listening. I'll see you in part two. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with and Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that and Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.